It is the 11 Dub Cast. I'm Johnny. He's George. Hello. We've got another Ohio State victory over Rutgers, 10th in a row to digest. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Michigan. Talk about CJ Stroud tearing up the NFL. A lot of a lot of fun things today. I want to start with Rutgers. Ohio State comes out. They, you know, any other, I think, six and two team, you're playing on the road. I think a lot of times Ohio State fans and watchers of football would go, wow, that's, you know, that's that's a big time marquee matchup, especially at this point in the season. But it's Rutgers. And so if you're like, well, it's Rutgers, Ohio State should win by a thousand points and, you know, with no trouble whatsoever. 35-16 isn't exactly a nail biter, um, but I think it wasn't nearly as comfortable especially in the first half as a lot of people would have hoped a much 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 closer game than the final <laughs> score indicates i would agree um I, a few points i want to make about all of this uh, first of all i think this game specifically kind of solidified that this right now is is a defensive team right so the, all the flow of these games is going to be dictated by how well the defense has performed and they you know to their credit they performed very very well although I think you can have one large caveat with this game and and how successful Rutgers was on the ground. Uh, But red zone defense, super freaking awesome. Uh, You know, three trips in a row. I think they did just fantastic. And then obviously you get the the pick six. Um, Second thing, Rutgers, I think they're a pretty good team overall uh, with a pretty bad quarterback. Um, But two road wins in a row against solid teams. That's, That's what you want out of this point in the season, especially with injuries going around. Then finally, uh, Kyle McCord, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit. I don't think he needs to be great, but I do think he needs to be better. And I think kind of the way that he's approaching the game right now is not optimal. It feels like there's something missing, right? Like in terms of progressions and how he's kind of approaching things. So we'll we'll get into that. But I'm just curious, George, what are your overall thoughts on uh, the win against Rutgers? I, I... I, I'm not surprised. This is I'm I'm kind of stunned that you would say that it's now solidified that this team's identity goes through its defense. I thought that was pretty apparent from the Notre Dame game back in <laughs> September. Being honest, <laughs> yeah. But the other thing to keep in mind is that the, this isn't even the first game in which a defensive touchdown has flip the momentum on its head in favor of Ohio State this season. We also have to remember that a very similar game script happened against Maryland, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I they weren't 6-2 and two, as you're alluding to with Rutgers just because it hadn't gone to that point in the season. But they were effectively the 26th ranked team in the country when they played Ohio State. So mm-hmm. just on the precipice of the top 25 and – they gave Ohio State a very difficult first half, and it wasn't until uh, that Josh Proctor had that pick six in, uh, I believe it was the second quarter, that things really started to turn around for Ohio State, and the offense finally was able to play with a little bit more comfort, not necessarily playing from behind and uh, making up for that early mistake that led to the early points for Maryland in that game you saw something similar in this game and you would think that a team with a little bit more offensive seasoning would probably be able to take advantage of the situation that Rutgers had because they did, I believe get four straight red zone trips at one point Mm -hmm. and, and three of those resulted in field goals. And then the last one ultimately proved to be the pick six that flipped the game on its head. So, that that doesn't necessarily make you feel good for oh what if there's another team with more offensive talent than what Rutgers have that's able to get successive uh, performances like that. But what I was encouraged by was I've been begging for these checkdowns to be available for McCord all year. And it seems like that's kind of just hinged on whether or not Travion Henderson has been available versus trying to get them to chip Tranium or Mayan Williams when he had previously been available. But now that Travion is there, I mean, one of the biggest offensive plays that you saw in the game was uh, Travion catching it 
just very shortly across the line in the flat and then, you know, kind of reversing field after yeah. getting up the sideline. It, it really feels like that's just a long handoff to him, right? I mean, that's and, – and, you know, we were talking about that several weeks ago to where that he has to be an essential component of the pass game with those checkdowns. And particularly while McCord is nursing an ankle injury. 100%. 100%. And, like – I mean, Henderson, obviously, I mean, he's come back and just been absolute gangbusters. This is the first time in his career that he's rushed for three consecutive games, if you can count the Notre Dame game, uh, of 100 yards or more. Um, but it it's funny because I was, I was reading a bunch of, like, previews of Ohio State from, you know, Ohio State opponents, including, like, Michigan and Penn State and everything. And one refrain that I, I saw a lot about Travion Henderson is that, well, he's, he's a really good running back, but he can't pe- catch the ball. And I thought that was the weirdest thing because I know these dudes are just looking at stats, right? Like they, they saw the fact that he isn't like catching as many passes out of the backfield as some of these other marquee running backs. And I think they assumed that that wasn't a key part of his game, but I think that's where he's almost more dangerous than, than anything else because he has that game breaking ability. I mean, you saw it against Wisconsin and then, you know, that crazy run um, as I mentioned in Rutgers. I mean, he just, at any point in time, he can take it to the house. And, and when you get him in space, um, he's particularly dangerous. So in, in lieu of Cade Stover, you know, being there as that check down option, uh, I think he's super, super dangerous in that part of the game. And, and when you've got a situation where Mecca is not getting a ton of run or Marvin Harrison Jr. is kind of, you know, just lost a little bit in the weeds, um, he's a giant weapon to have. And again, like you're not scoring 45 points, you're not scoring 50 points. But it's enough to, you know, with a solid defense to, to keep you dangerous. And I, I think that's what's been really fun to see in the past few games with him in it. Well, I think the next progression of this and, you know, there, I think maybe a little bit of this too is the, we, we allude to this with Harbaugh not wanting to put, uh, you know, the entire Michigan playbook on film. I, I wonder in some ways if day recognizes that the best way for McCord to mitigate the pressure that will inevitably be coming his way, regardless of whether or not he's injured and his already not great pocket mobility is further compromised. What is Ohio state putting on film to give McCord assistance that opponents can recognize and then scheme against that will be taken away in future matchups. The less that they put on there that's more sophisticated or obvious, the harder it is to prepare against. In that sense, maybe that's why we haven't started to see more and more of it until you know the second part of this season. I would think the next progression of that, rather than just you know having Travion available out of the backfield in the flat would be delay routes to the tight ends mm-hmm. to players such as Stover. We're seeing we saw Gee Scott more involved in this game than we have in any other. Which is uh, wild, by the way. <laughs> I right, don't think anybody had Gee Scott as the first touchdown of the game on their on their board. I don't think well, that was the fact that he had the game that he did encourages the idea that we could maybe start seeing twin tight end sets for this offense. God, if, that would be you know, sick. there's I mean that would be particularly I know Kyle Jones, I don't know if he's actually gone public with it yet or not, but he's he seems to be far more thrilled with Guy Scott as a blocker after this game mm-hmm. uh, than Cade Stover, at least. So I think that, you know, to the point of not really putting things on film yet, we haven't seen Cade Stover and Guy Scott Jr. on the field together very often this season. Um, having one or both of those guys available is like, you know, delay route check down options when the blitz is coming in thinking it's going to be a running play because it's a two tight end set and Travion's been carving them up on early downs elsewhere. Uh, there's, there's a lot of potential here in terms of what they can do further than just using Travion to mitigate uh, the, the problem that McCord is having with handling the pressure that has kind of limited his last two performances and somewhat of his season overall. So I, I'm still optimistic that there's, they haven't played their entire hand yet. Um, but 
obviously there's still things that we we want to see improvement in and i think that you know rather than coming out of this game and looking at it as oh this team's identity is firmly in its defense i think we kind of already knew that what i think is further more established out of this game is that the margin for error is slim to none in this offense. <laughs> yeah. McCord cannot commit multiple turnovers against a top flight team and this team reliably win unless the defense gets some kind of defensive touchdown to help offset the potential points off turnovers that McCord's mistake would create. So I'm right. I'm still concerned about that. But again, if the guy reverts to the form he had for most of the season before the last two games where he wasn't turning the ball over or making these mistakes, then I'm pretty confident this team's going to beat anybody, including Michigan. So. Yeah, and I agree with that. And, and the thing is, I think there is this um, – I, I think – with maybe McCord or just Ryan Day or the play calling in general, I think right now what they're trying to do is somehow square the circle between uh, get Marvin the ball, you know, 50 times a game and get first downs reliably, right? Because if you have a ton of faith in Kyle McCord, the same way that you would with CJ Stroud or somebody else, you'd be like, all right, well then shoot, we're just going to throw, you know, out routes to Marvin. And- I, I don't, I wouldn't compare those two after last weekend. <laughs> I wouldn't either. And I think that's the thing, man. Like I, I think they're torn between knowing that they have this crazy weapon that they want to utilize at all times. And then realizing that the quarterback thrown to them is not going to be, first of all, he's not going to be able to get it to him in all situations or recognize the best time to do it. And then secondly, uh, you know, if you really – you've got Travion back. If you really want to sustain drives and whatnot and, and get him, you know, get into your opponent's red zone the surest way, you're going to do it through a guy who is rushing now, like I said, three games in a row with 100 yards plus, an offensive line that looks like they're getting much better at run blocking than they had been at the beginning of the season. Um, that's what you're going to rely on. And so – it's just interesting to me to see the choices that are made during the game. Um, you know, I think one of the criticisms I have of Kyle McCord isn't necessarily that he's like going to his check down. So that's great. I mean, you, you've got those options. You should have them available. It almost feels like when he's feeling panicky or when he doesn't see Marvin open as a first option, he doesn't go through his progressions and he just says, well, screw it. we got to check down. And that's fine. If, if you've got a good way to, um, you know, scheme, tray open and, and you've got a good play call and whatever but if teams can start keying in on that then you've got issues because that's that's when guys start bringing in like safety blitzes and things like that that you've really got to worry about because they know where the ball's going to go if marvin harrison's covered so i don't know I'm, I'm curious to see how they deal with that um in the next couple of weeks it's not I, mean, I, I don't really think he was checking down in abundance until the last game actually but i i mean i agree with what you're saying but i think it was more of he was either holding on to the ball too long or mm. i mean we were making the joke in slack he has to be close to setting the record for an ohio state quarterback committing intentional grounding in one season <laughs> i mean he'll just like he will just say f it but it's not yeah, like yeah, he'll yeah. he'll say F it and check down and lose three yards. Right. He'll he'll get loss on downs throwing the ball like in creative ways, not even close to the <laughs> line of scrimmage. Yeah. Or fumble the ball of, of recently. Right. So pocket management has not been great at all, but it isn't because he's been, I think, overly checking down. I I can see how that would become an issue. But I don't think it has been just because they haven't really had the option available for him until the last two games for whatever reason. And that's and that's a fair point. And, and that is true because, you know, it, it does kind of re- – it remains to be seen exactly how Trayvon Henderson kind of fits into that against, you know, a Michigan, right, Like and, and what that kind of looks like and, and how predictable that actually is. I do want to talk about the defense a little bit. Uh, you've got, obviously, some dudes banged up. You're losing some guys. I really, really, really like the young guys on this defense. Like, obviously, you're, you've got Tommy Eichenberg, super solid. Um, I like that Cody Simon has stepped up in a big way and become such an impact at linebacker. But 
you know, and Ty Lakewood, all these guys, like they're making huge impact, Ty Hamilton. Uh, but, you know, Hancock coming out, Lake Hartford coming out. I mean, these dudes, Jermaine Matthews, I, I just, I think this is a situation where in years past, like the past three or four years, if you have a situation where Ohio State's losing some starters, that's it. I mean, the other teams will key in on that and it's over and they'll throw for 500 yards, something like that. I don't see that. I see a lot of guys who are super aggressive, who are uh, right now just, I don't know, playing really solid, uh, fundamental football. And I don't feel any kind of panic. I mean, you want to see guys like Ransom and all these dudes, uh, Proctor, et cetera. You want to see him healthy and in there. But um, I'm feeling pretty confident about this defense overall. I mean, but <laughs> they they set – they're the reason the team is the top team in the college football playoff rankings. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're spoiled and we're spoiled by this team pretty much every season, but I think we're especially spoiled in light of how good, like everybody last season was like, was swooning because it was the first time in like five years. The defense was like really good after so many years of being really bad. I think that that like the, 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 the pendulum of emotion in that case has created kind of an effect where we as fans perhaps are not appreciating how great this defense really is just because the movement of the pendulum from like really good up to extremely elite isn't as great as really really bad to <laughs> really really great yeah, yeah, yeah. if that makes sense no no i see yeah this it, defense it, is it's hard to tell the difference insanely good and we are so blessed to be able to watch this team yeah keep everyone within 20 points every week now and can i, I hope ask you this continues. real quick okay and uh, let me ask you your opinion on this though because i i agree with you in that i think it's been kind of wild how how well they perform against give the them their roses yeah and especially against really good competition does the rushing game the rushing defense performance uh, against kyle monogai and um you know record and, and even wimstad had a few yards does that give you any kind of pause i mean 159 yards on 25 carries 6.6 per carry does that worry you at all going into, you know, not necessarily Michigan State, but maybe Minnesota or uh, Michigan? Uh, not Minnesota, but, you know, relative to Michigan, I would just say that uh, their, their own fans, and I believe you've brought up this point in your own reconnaissance of the your own surveillance of the Wolverine faithful, they they seem to be admitting themselves that, their run game has somehow regressed from last year. Oh, it, yeah. And that it's, it's really more of all leaning on McCarthy for their success at this point. Right. And in light of, you know, losing their, uh, you know, second half adjustments uh, formula, we'll call it. Uh, <laughs> Michael, it'll be Michael Jordan's secret sauce or whatever it is. Right. The... Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what further improvements that run game does make, if any. Yeah. Um, and in light of that, I, I, I'm not necessarily worried at this point. I might get more worried as, you know, if it, you know, they, they end up squaring up with like Georgia and the college football playoff or something. But I, uh, I mean, they, 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 they bludgeoned Wisconsin into submission pretty good. And, I mean, that's a team that had much more of a, I think, run game identity than what Rutgers has had. Rutgers, I mean, their their big thing, I thought, going in to the game that was most noticeable to me was uh, they had, like, I think they're the largest like average downfield depth of target like per attempt Mm -hmm. they were one of the only teams in the big 10 that was like we're throwing for the sticks every single time so if you're aware of that as a defense 
you naturally have to scheme yourself back, I think, a little bit further than you would against a team like, I think Ohio State's average depth of target is like six yards or something. So knowing that a team is throwing for the sticks almost every time on average versus closer to the line of scrimmage, that's going to affect the way that you position your personnel and everything. And if you're naturally scaled a little bit further back, then that's going to you know, give a little bit more space at the line of scrimmage where the run game is going to be able to capitalize. To that point, Rutgers, I think, had two safeties back for almost the whole game or something because Mm -hmm. they were worried about getting scorched by Marvin Harrison Jr. over the top. And who benefited the most from that? Right. Yeah, and Trayvon Henderson was able to eat. And, you know, the thing is, like, and to your point about, you know, Rutgers and throwing for the sticks, well, if, if you want to maybe put a point in the, uh, you know, the, the the side, the ledger for Ohio State's defense, um, you know, Wimsat was 10 for 25, 125 yards, uh, touchdown, and, of course, that pick six. God, every time uh, you say Wimsat, I think of Wamstad, and I just get so <laughs> angry. <laughs> Uh, 5.2 yards per attempt. So, you know, I mean, a lot of it, I, I think you make a really good point because a lot of it really is about how you're trying to scheme to stop what your opponent is good at. And, you know, if giving up 159 yards uh, to Monongai, who is, you know, honestly, at this point, even before the Ohio State game, I think he had a pretty good argument to be made that he is the best running back in the Big Ten. Um, you know, you still won the game and and you won it like, you know, fairly comfortably. It wasn't, it wasn't that Rutgers was out there putting tons of pressure on you. You, you were making mistakes offensively that I think could have gotten you a lot more points. Um, And then of course, you know, when Ohio state really need to lock down in the red zone, they did. So the defense bended bent. It did not break. Right. And that, that is what an elite defense does. You know, it goes through adversity and not only did they go through adversity, they flipped the game script on its head right. in a way that ended up creating a final score that we both agree, and I'm sure many Ohio State fans, does not reflect how close the game actually was. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, you know, overall, I, I think it was it was definitely an interesting game. I think it revealed a lot about Ohio State and where it's at, uh, both offensively and defensively. I'm really excited about the Michigan State game, in part because – I think Ohio State is just going to absolutely roll these guys. And, you know, I'm, it's they really have only done that a couple times this season. And I'm, I don't know. That's, I think that's a, a, that'll be a fun confidence builder maybe going these last couple games. Um, but, that you know, fake punt was offensively bad, though. That was do, offensively bad. Point that out. Yeah, Ryan Day said that it was a mistake. But you know what? Uh, you can't make those kind of mistakes, which is also I, I, something that he said. Would that whatever happened? I mean, how what do you think Greg Schiano was feeling in that moment? Like, it was probably <laughs> such a soul restoring moment for him after last year. Yeah, I'm, I he probably uh took you fool. <laughs> I tried to tell you, uh, uh, yeah, he probably enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, just you know, overall though, uh. I think the, the 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 structure of this team is still very sound, and I'm excited to see how it kind of plays going forward. Um, and you know, maybe maybe against Michigan State, uh, Ryan Day tries to scheme up 200 yards from Marvin Harrison and gets him back in the Heisman conversation. Uh, so that's that's Rutgers. Uh, obviously, moving on, we've only got a few more games left in this season um, until we uh, you know we see the big one and. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be talking all about that. We also want to talk about our favorite segment of the program, Ask Us Anything. But before we do that, we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by One Medical. So here's a word from them. The best defense is a good offense, and that goes for your health, too. That's why One Medical, the modern doctor's office, is changing the playbook for primary care. With four C-bus locations and 24-7 virtual care, One Medical helps Buckeye stay healthy. And the relationship with OSU's Wexner Medical Center makes it easy to get access to specialists. To get your 30-day free trial, visit onemedical.com and use the code TRY1MCOL. That's T-R-Y, the number one, M-C-O-L. All right, that was One Medical. Thanks again for helping out the 11 Dubcast. And thanks to you for sending in questions to the 11 Dubcast uh, to ask us anything, which you can do uh, to... 
uh, dubcast at 11warriors.com. Um, and we just want to go ahead and, and you know answer these amazing questions from our listeners. So this is from Evan, who says, Hey, guys, with all the investigations up north, we are seeing increased speculation that Jim Harbaugh will once again attempt to bolt for the NFL. What would be the funniest way for that to play out? Personally, I am hoping to see Harbaugh and Aaron Rodgers end up on the same team. Uh, then they can spend the offseason hanging out in the desert and doing hot yoga while on a monocyclobin uh, <laughs> diet. I don't think I pronounced that correctly, but that's all oh, he's Evans. Correct. The funniest possible outcome is Harbaugh goes to the bears and the bears betray Ohio state completely by trading Justin Fields to the jets for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. They bring in the former Packers quarterback and they bring in Jim Harbaugh, the yes. former bears quarterback. And they just, they they double down on the evil. And they go zero just, and sixteen. Can you imagine they trade away my Ohio State quarterback with the Bears to get the Packers guy, and then they bring in the Michigan coach? Oh my my heart would be shattered to pieces. That but it would actually, be so funny. That would be the funniest possible way for that to happen. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, I can almost see it happening because I mean everything else has happened in this stupid controversy. So. Uh, I think that would be and the Bears legit. front office is that incompetent or That's... ownership is that incompetent to think that'll work. Oh, yes, they. Oh, my God. Yes, they would be. Um, yes, I think that's pretty much the best call. I don't I mean, I feel like as we record this, things are happening that I'm probably not aware of with regards to Jim Harbaugh's contract. We're going to talk about Michigan in a little bit, but um, I I still don't know. I mean, I, I, this guy walked into two separate interviews in the NFL, assuming he had the job and was told, no, you actually have to like interview. And then he was like, well, I'm not doing that. And then basically just bring me your tribute. That's right. You know, he's like, well, he's like a tell of the hun, like walking into Rome. You dare demand audience with Jim, the Harbaugh. (laughs) Do you know who my brother is? Kneel before Jim. Um, yeah, so I don't know what the hell's going to happen, and that's super weird. And they're trying to like restructure Harbaugh's contract and stretch this whole thing out. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, this is from Kevin. Um, guys, hold serve and beat that team up north. Pretty simple. I agree. Rutgers is boring. What is the strangest Halloween decoration you have ever seen? Uh, also, do you prefer daylight savings time or standard time? Best, Kevin. I used to have this neighbor that would do like a, they they do like a, they'd set up like a Halloween maze in their front yard every okay. year. Or but they wouldn't, they wouldn't actually put up like the walls for the maze until like the week of, but they would have all the monsters and everything in the yard, like October 1st. Like it was like, oh, all sure, right, yeah. let's go. We're putting them up. So they would have this like, this like big like phantom with like a skull face like bulging eyes and like like you know the thing looked like a banshee yelling at you or whatever and this thing was huge this was not like a person size it was probably like the size of like two people and it was hanging by like a rope (laughs) from their tree okay and and i would and you know, I I would see this thing like at night while I'm like taking out the trash like every night during October. <laughs> and this thing is just like staring this this screaming ten foot tall banshee in this tree. Like every <laughs> Halloween while I'm growing up as a kid, I'm just trying to like take out the recycling Sunday night. I'm like, oh, there it is again. It's just like swinging in the breeze, staring at. So that was. That's always what I think of in terms of like wacky Halloween decorations, but I've I've good. seen some crazy stuff, man. Like just in terms of some of those people that go real weird with it, like some people like stage murder scenes and stuff. And like wow. I saw, yeah, I saw something like that on like not I I don't watch TikTok, but I saw some video of that creep onto my like Twitter feed or something uh, this year. That was like, yeah, it was like some guy like dropped a safe on like a fake body and he was like he he was he was playing this up as a bit but he was like out there like spreading warm like heated up blood out of like his like serving 
glass or whatever and he was explaining how you gotta warm it up to get the splatter right because if you do it cold it like it doesn't settle the correct information like i don't that's the thing about this stuff man like i feel like honestly halloween is is one of my favorite holidays but i i absolutely feel that there's a subset of people who use it as like cover for their most perverse like things that like I would do this 24 seven, three. Oh yeah. Oh no, you're a hundred percent right. And that's, that's the sad thing about the state of the world that we're in is that, and it's, you can, you can make an argument that's like, Oh, it's the corporatization, but really it's the adults decided they wanted to make Halloween about themselves and it's no longer for the kids. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really, I really, hate that i don't know what year that like finally became a thing i definitely feel like my generation is partially responsible for it (laughs) but it it definitely does not have the same vibe as when i was a kid i agree i agree and i think you know what that's a great way to put it that it it shifted from being a holiday for the kids and to a holiday for the adults and that's just I don't know, man. I don't need to see like staged, like I don't need to see like staged serial killers. And that's coming from a guy who gets to see all these women in Miami Halloween costumes. Right. And I'm the that's one right. saying it's some and BS. yes, and yet. Um, and then as far as daylight savings or standard time, honestly, dude, like I, I'm so tired all the time. I can't even tell the difference. <laughs> I don't. I if you tell if you tell me like I got up an hour late to go see the sunrise on Sunday, and I was like, oh, you know what? I probably should have looked into that. Yeah, <laughs> somebody should. They should have sent out a flyer. This is BS. I can't believe nobody said anything. No, I don't like. Honestly, man, if somebody tells me what day it is, I'll just kind of be like, oh wow, that's didn't didn't have that piece of information. But thank you for letting me know. Like I don't. It's not something that I keep track of, and I find it extremely weird that people. That's an get... incredible out of context quote. If somebody <laughs> tells me what day it is, I'll just be like, "Oh, thank you for that piece of information." <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's how, how do I you feel live? Like... I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that's a great question too. How do um, we know what day to record this every week? It just happens, man. I it's just have to come planned. find you. <laughs> yeah. I'm out there. I'm on the internet. It's time, Johnny. Oh, I'm like, really? All right. Dubcast. But you know what? That's the thing, though, because like, I some people get so freaking infuriated when it's time to spring forward. Like like somebody just like kidnapped their parents and was like holding them hostage. It's like, no, you've got to wake farmers. up. An, you've got to wake up an hour early. And I'm like, who? I don't care. Like, whatever. I'll just i'll I'll be tired either way. It doesn't actually all matter these to me. agriculturalists making me move my clock. <laughs> That's right. Like, I don't. I just don't care. I don't have the energy to care. Uh, all right. This last <laughs> one's from uh, Bryant. Um, he says another fun week up north. Central Michigan is looking to photos that appear to now uh, show former staffer Connor Stall- Stallions to Lions. On a sideline in the Lions. Uh Jim McElwain said, who who is himself no stranger to uh, compromising photos, said uh Lions name wasn't on any distributed pass. Obviously, we were aware of a picture floating around, the sign stealer guy, blah blah blah. Okay. Anyway, here's the question. If you had if you were a super secret spy like Connor Stallions who had to get on a random sideline, how would you do it? And whose sideline would you infiltrate? Also, do you think he was dressed up as the Western Kentucky Hilltopper earlier this season? <laughs> I think here's the thing. All right, let's talk about this. All right, fine. Let's we're we're going to transition. So into, real 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 quick. Yeah, you can't. It's so hard to be uh, grip and sip the 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 big red <laughs> guy. That that's one of one. So there's there's no way that uh, they were letting Stallion share that costume. That's right. You can't let some random Yahoo put that put that on. That ain't happening. Um, yeah, Red Grimace isn't just like showing up out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, here's okay, let's talk about this real quick. So, here's the thing about this whole Connor Stallions, Connor Stallions, whatever, blah blah blah, uh, getting on the sidelines. It was reported there, there's been a flurry of reporting, most of it boring because they've been talking about after we got the pictures of him, like you know, basically doing the admission impossible thing and wearing the fake, you know, face like Tom Cruise, right, and, and getting on the CMU sidelines, which is the funniest thing that I've seen happen in college football, maybe ever. After that, it's a bunch of, like, lawyer speak and Michigan dragging their feet and trying to, you know, prevent this investigation from going forward, essentially, until basically the end of the playoffs. 
what was lost in all of this and, and some of these details. And I think this is really important because, you know, Connor, you know, he, he talks about how I think the quote that he said was, um, uh, where is it? Basically he was talking about how uh, nobody had any knowledge of wrongdoing, you know, every, it was just all me and he fell on a sword and that's great. In the process of this though, some of the stuff that's come out is that it wasn't just a couple people that this guy was, you know, sending to games. It was like potentially dozens. It was a web of deception. Yeah, but like 60 some people. 65 people. Isn't that network. that's insane? Like it's why like the the fact first of all, okay. So can you use a network of spies in your answer as to how you would get onto the field for Central Michigan? Or am I but, left to my own devices? But here? that's what's that's what blows my mind. Okay, so if, if that's true, if he had like sixty five people who <laughs> who he was sending to games, why does he have to go to Central? That was just fun for him, right? That's like a cocky spy who's like doing like, yeah, I can get away with whatever I want. Who's to say he wasn't a mascot at a game or doing something like that? Like this guy. No, it's like, very no. You're you raise a good point. It's an ego thing in terms of like hiding in plain sight. That's what criminals thing. criminals absolutely do that when exactly. they're you know, guilty and high off of their own. Like, oh, I'm getting away with it. You're you're absolutely on the one hundred percent. And okay, and if it's sixty five people again, if that's if that's a real thing, that's true. There is no way in hell he's financing all of that himself either. So this is like, I don't know. This to me it seems already like came out that bonus. there's a budget sheet for that. So right. I don't, I don't understand why like people, I, I that like Michigan fans that aren't acting like that's the most incriminating part of this. It was bad enough that in that that total BS story that Ballas invented about Ryan oh Day's brother investigating this, that <sighs> that that component, the spreadsheet, was obtained illegally. Right. Well, it turns out all of that was not correct. And it's all FOIA-able, which is the other thing, is that, like, it's not <laughs> – these are public institutions. Just ask for it. Just ask for the expense report and you can get it. Like, that's the thing. And, and that's that's what makes this whole saga so unbelievably stupid because it's it's not like it's not like he wasn't ever going to get caught. They knew about this dude. And then, you know, they've been running like kind of counter intel and saying like, well, you know, there's this report that came out that, you know, other teams had Michigan signs. It's like, well, OK, but were they sending, you know, dozens of people to other games to record stuff? I don't know if they were. That's also bad. Like, it's just. The, what bothers me about this stage of this scandal and, and what I think is especially stupid is that Michigan is in this weird catch 22 where they are trying to basically delay any and all punishment uh, of Jim Harbaugh of the program in general, whatever, for as long as they can. But the problem is, is that if the big 10 goes ahead, the only option that Michigan has in response is essentially to go to arbitration, right? They essentially say like, we're suing whatever, uh, you know, we need it. But but if they do that, then all the evidence is going to become public and they absolutely do not want that. So they're stuck between saying like, OK, we want to we want to try to slow this thing down as much as possible. And also, we don't want any of it to actually come out because it's going to be incredibly damning for us. So right now, they're just kind of being whiny <laughs> and saying like, well, that's not the way investigations should proceed. And that's it. And so I guess the deadline's Wednesday. Lawyer nerds. Yeah, and I guess the deadline's Wednesday, and we'll see what's going to happen. But I don't, I don't freaking know, man. I don't. What's your read on this? Because I, I don't. Well, we had to answer the original question, which is how would you get on the Central Michigan sideline as Connor Stallions? Apparently, it's not that hard. (laughs) Apparently, I would just have a buddy who works at Central Michigan, and then like have him give me a pass. And then I'll show up dressed like a coach and then just wander wherever I want. That's very sophisticated. Yeah. Here, here's what I've learned in my travels of life. Um, you know, we've we've been making a lot of Metal Gear Solid jokes of late. Um, another another game in the sim in the stealth genre, Hitman, big big hit the last <laughs> like 10, 15 years. One of the lessons Agent that I learned. 40. One of the lessons I learned from that game, because that's what you do, is you 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 take things from video games and then you you deploy them in real life, especially stealth video games. 
Agent uh, 47. Right, exactly. You shave uh, your head. Yeah, and, and tattoo a it. Yes, and tattoo a barcode on the back That's of right. it. But no, the big thing that I learned is that, you know, you, you can walk into a lot of places that you're not <laughs> supposed to be yeah. many times. And if you just act like you belong or you're dressed very nicely, your your presence there is not going to be questioned. No. No, so, it's not. So I was at a music festival in 2014. Was it 2014? I was a, I, I was an underclassman in college, and uh, I I didn't I got kind of separated from my friends because I wanted to be front row for a certain show, and then I uh, I didn't see them again. But I was making my way over to the VIP section for while the like main acts of like the the day were going to be getting on stage, and I recognized that there were only two security people present for a section of well over like there were like at least a hundred people in there and that wasn't even including the people that were like interacting with the bar and stuff so i was like you know i wonder if i can just like go in there as opposed to being in like the crowded (laughs) smelly or bleachery section of soldier field i could just enjoy all of this in the vip section Cause there's only these two people watching it and they're not doing a particularly good job. <laughs> so if that was the level of standard for security that, uh, you know, a, a ridiculous 19 to 20 year old could circumnavigate at soldier field, granted not for a, a football event. But my point is I would think that the sort of soldier field staff would have a higher threshold of, of, uh, excellence, uh, you know, given the the what's gone on there, yeah. then you know the Central Michigan people, which is somewhat vindicated by the fact that Stallions was able to get away with this up until the message board lunatics went and ran reconnaissance on the game from September first. Right. So my my very long winded answer to that is just to say, based on personal experience. I would just walk onto the sideline. <laughs> just go. What are you going to do? And probably get away with it. <laughs> no, I mean clearly he did. It, I mean, yeah, what's what's stopping you, dude? Like who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> it's Central Michigan. <laughs> and what I my favorite part about this is like Michigan fans spending a solid week trying to like figure out which um central michigan staffer he looked the most like right it's like maybe it's this dude maybe it's this dude and i was like fairness i, I mean he's he in in the garb that the guy on the sideline is dressed in it's such an anonymous look yeah yeah no it well, could be like five different people that's true however <laughs> but it's definitely think, him it's definitely him but like one of the things that i don't think anybody pointed out on any of these michigan boards where they're all trying to like maybe it's this generic white guy maybe it's this generic white guy uh, none of them were like, why would any of Central Michigan staffers be wearing a visitor's badge? <laughs> like, none of them asked, like, huh, a little weird that uh, uh, a Central Michigan staffer who's, like, employed by the university would be wearing a visitor's badge on the sideline. That's interesting. I, I, um, I hate the theory that someone sold it to. It's got to be, I, I want the fake credential. I, I need oh, that Oh, yeah, he, like, printed out, like, like, in blank check. Like, he just made, like, a bunch of, you know, credentials for himself and then just yeah, walked of on. Of course, he, you don't think that guy has fake IDs? Like, oh, seriously like that there's i i hate the theory that there was an exchange of money for that press pack i because i is it can you do that also like are you allowed to sell those like to other people i don't think so i'm I'm sure and that's and honestly like people are talking about well why doesn't you know central mission just come out and say it's not us well the reason why is because somebody on central michigan staff probably hooked him up and they're like well we got to figure out who talked to this guy um he's part of that network of 65 affiliates that's right the 65 um the stallion 65 (laughs) uh so yeah it's stupid everything's stupid michigan's like i said trying to drag this out as much as they possibly can uh without it actually becoming public because apparently like when it does it's gonna look really really freaking bad for them um but you know it, it 
do here's what i think do i think anything's going to happen uh you know significant this week no um i I think honestly you've got oh that's funny you just said the deadline's wednesday yeah and i don't think anything's going to happen by wednesday because i think essentially what's going to happen is is that tony petiti is going to blink and michigan's going to go all right well you know fox wants us to play the super high profile game against penn state without anybody screwing it up and the network execs are going to be hammering down this dude's office not to screw it up. And Petiti's going to be like, all right, fine. We'll let this investigation play out through the rest of the season, which basically means it'll get resolved in January. Uh, that's just me being a pessimist, but also I don't have a lot of great faith um, in any kind of college football enforcement agency acting with any great speed about anything. So I'd love to be wrong. I would love, love to be wrong. But I think Michigan's going to skate for an inordinate period of time on this. Now, with that said, this all this drama about this is, in my opinion, the sideshow for the real stuff, which is the FBI on campus uh, at Michigan investigating a completely separate computer crime. So we'll see how that plan- pans out because I think that is a much worse situation for Michigan. Are we going to talk time. about the this you thing? Because I've been kind of surprised that we haven't really paid any attention to that at 11 warriors this week to what to the to the computer crimes to matt weiss well there's no now there's a whole other thing with this guy alex yude which you wonder if that's honestly related given what he was implicated in right yeah i mean that's what i'm saying like there's there's multiple people involved with we you're right we haven't talked about the yude thing um i don't know i mean that's it feels that's what I mean. Like if we're gonna do the Metal Gear thing, it feels like all of this 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 Connerst Alliance was merely a setup, a fall guy by the Patriots to engineer <laughs> to engineer a story to distract us from the real villain in all of it. Um, yeah, I don't well, know, man. The, the thing that I think is so crazy is that there's a rumor that you know there's there's the network of. So there's there's the 65 there's the Stallion 65 but there's <laughs> there really is like a group the Patriots it, it, the, it's the Google Doc people and they're <laughs> saying that Alex Yude is one of the Google Doc people yeah so yeah. who else is in the manifesto who are know. the other Michigan men in the manifesto are they on staff was Matt Weiss one of these people how yeah. many other computer crimes have been committed? Right. And Th- we need to know these things. And for those of you not knowing, uh, Yude was uh, accused um, of uh, catfishing, or, or excuse me, not getting He wasn't cat- accused. He was caught. Right. He was trying caught. to meet a 13 year old girl right. and provide her alcohol. Right. Who Two luckily, people posing as a 13 year old. Right. Luckily, girl. it was not an actual 13 year old girl. But yeah, I mean, that was. That was. Um, <sighs> that was the guy who was on staff and and yeah i mean that's that's big time news i feel like that's something that well the bigger well and then the bigger part of it is that the michigan beat knew about this and sat on it and got scooped by zach smith of all people right right and that's that's i i don't know who to feel like i don't know how to feel about that uh <laughs> it's least... it, they're they are you know what they are they're the maize and blue wall of silence right. that is the term that they deserve yeah. they're they're complicit in and, trying to cover up what is going on up and there. that's kind of what i mean though man like that's that's why i feel like some of this stuff a lot of attention is being paid to something that's funny and weird but not necessarily like the big story so I don't know. We'll see what happens um, in the next week here, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out in the offseason and, and what ends up becoming the, the big story, I guess. Uh, real quick, we do have to talk about this because we haven't talked about it at all, basically, on the Dubcast. High State men's basketball is playing. Actually, women's basketball is playing too. They got beat by USC. That sucks. But uh, <laughs> men's basketball... <laughs> Well, actually, mention that in passing. <laughs> we're probably here's the thing: we're probably going to end up talking about women's basketball more than men's basketball this season. Um, we'll let's see. Go, well, let's go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Ohio State men's basketball gets their first one of the season. Uh, they beat the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. By the way, Oakland Golden Grizzlies uh, coach is a guy named Greg Campy. He um, 
Greg Camby, by the way, is a, a native of Ohio. He's from Defiance. <clears throat> and I don't know if you have ever seen a picture of this dude, uh, but he is like the most Ohio dude ever. Um, it's, it, it is really kind of hilarious. In what sense? He's like, he's like a combination of, uh, of Sherrod Brown and Brady Hoke. It's, it's really kind of hilarious. And he kind of sounds like that too. And uh, he gave this quote after the game. He said, um, he was talking about his team's defense against Ohio State. And he said, one of their frustrations was we knew everything they were going to do. Oh, I could make a comment. And then he just left it at that. (laughs) So I appreciate that. Uh, Still lost. Um, Three starters for Ohio State at 17 points. A slim down Zed Key. All right, getting getting some five for seven from the field. How about that? Uh, eight rebounds, looking looking Sylvette. Did did get four uh, personal fouls, but still uh, got some good points. Um, uh, you know, Bruce Thornton got seventeen. Uh, Roddy Gale Jr. got seventeen. I think it, it's pretty clear that these are the dudes who are going to be kind of forming the core, at least in terms of Gale and Thornton. They're going to be forming the core of what you want to do. Opara. <sighs> you want him to be a lot of things. And I don't know that he's necessarily going to be that for Ohio state. So, you know, you've got battle in there uh, coming in. Um, There's a lot of options. It just doesn't feel like, I don't know what it feels like anybody's team, if that makes sense. I don't know that it has to be. Um, But if you look at the roster up and down, there isn't, there isn't a star. There isn't a guy that you're going to be pointing to. And I know, you know, some of the projections in the Big Ten are not super kind uh, to uh, to um, Holtman's crew, um, you know, going forward. But, you know, a win's a win. I, and maybe it's something that you can build on. Maybe they surprise some people this year. But I am not super optimistic top to bottom. Well, a win may be a win, but when things go south, we can just blame Chris Holtman. It has nothing to do with the personnel. <laughs> That's right. Well, and you know, and you know, he's he's he is the personnel. I mean, he's he's the guy who's he's, he's dealing with that stuff. I, as he would say, I think that um, you know, a lot of it is uh, people leaving, injuries, and blah blah blah. But at a certain point, you kind of gotta. I don't know. You got to figure out who you got. So um, still want to know, and and we'll see how they continue to go through the early part of the season and, and maybe really lock down on who those, those super key guys, no pun intended are going to be for the team. Um, I am curious to see what a slim down Zed ends up doing this season. Also corner three is a plenty. Hey, you know what? If they go in, they go in. That's all I care about. Uh, <laughs> they probably won't go in. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's you know, like I said, hey, basketball's back. I I feel I feel a little bit bad, um, you know, talking down on them at this point in the season. It's hard to really have a lot to talk about because last season was such a disappointment. Then you had that huge lull, obviously in, in February. Um, you can't replicate that. Listen, man, it's a very real thing with Ohio State fans. There's a like I would say somewhere close to half of the fan base is just like listen. My heart is with you. I'm with you in spirit, basketball team. But right now, we got yeah, we got bigger. It's November. I've invested two months into football season, and I I simply can't get off of the tracks. That's right. Now let me let me see this through, and then I'll you know January February we can hang out a little bit. I will memorize more the the names of more than two people on the team. Can I can I ask you this though? What are your expectations? for the team. And and do you feel that like Holtman is, is basically on thin ice right now? I, I just want to see them make the NCAA tournament and okay. get matched up with Butler. <laughs> I also all I, that's that. all I want to see. Well, I'm going to tell you, something it'll be the most poetic basketball game that Ohio state could possibly ask for. And imagine <laughs> if it's the last game Holtman coaches for the Buckeyes. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think the former is going to happen. So, unfortunately, the latter probably is not a possibility. Um, all right. Is real- Butler not good this year? I don't know what you think about him. <laughs> well, they had, some, they, they were, they had a rough last year, too, honestly. Uh, real quick, I do want to talk about this. CJ Stroud, What we spent so much time 
getting angry at people prior to the NFL draft for saying, oh, CJ Stroud, he's stupid. He isn't coachable. He will be a bad quarterback. Because we knew not a good test taker. Not a good test taker. Uh, really combative. Uh, and just the most insane crap you've ever heard in your entire life. Because you've seen this guy, you know, just be amazing for years and years. And then he comes to the NFL, and he's still amazing and not a shock. And yet, like, it's still kind of insane what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not surprised that he's capable of it. I just think it's kind of awesome. Like, it's it's 470 yards is a lot of damn yards. And, you know, going out, <coughs> winning the game, you know, last minute, um, you know, throwing for what, like five touchdowns. I think that's what it was. Five passing touchdowns over Tampa Bay. Uh, just insane. Absolutely. It's one insane. of the best passing games any quarterback has had in a minute, let alone setting the rookie passing record. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Throw the rookie uh, stuff out. I mean, he's as polished as you're going to get uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, and he he's... broke Baker Mayfield's heart in the process. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. No, for a Browns fan. I mean, what, what, what the hell else do you Oh, I mean, I don't, uh, don't care about those people. I'm still salty <laughs> about that guy planting the flag oh, at sure, Ohio Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That's 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 also a valid reason to be hateful and, and spiteful. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, Stroud is just... He's unbelievable. He's super just smooth. I I don't know. But I think it's fair to wonder too, like what like if he had actually gone to Carolina didn't and like him and Bryce have been flipped in terms of their situations, would yeah. do you think he'd still be having the same level of success? I think it does come down to opportunity in the NFL, sure it does. but I I don't want it to, that to take away from the fact that we all felt he was very much the guy that should have been the number one overall pick and that he was prepared for this moment, regardless of where he was going to end up. So it's, uh, it's very nice to see him succeed. I think that his comments about not being focused on what's going on with the Michigan scandal relative to what he's trying to accomplish now that he's in the NFL, that's very vindicated by what he just did. He's, he just said, I'm forward thinking, this is where my mentality is, and I'm happy with like where the trajectory is, and you're starting to see him take off. I yeah. uh, I just hope that their offensive line can hold up and that he can continue to stay healthy um, because obviously the future will be very bright for an Ohio state quarterback in the NFL in a way that it probably hasn't looked in quite some time, possibly ever. Yeah. 100%. By the way, real story out of that is uh, Noah Brown, six year NFL veteran uh, coming out and getting a touchdown and getting a big old 75 yard. That's another, that's another ghost from Baker Mayfield's college football (laughs) career. That's right. That's right. It is. Coming back to haunt. That's right. I totally forgot about that. That's right. And that was that was one of the greatest. That 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 game was kick ass because first of all it was Noah Brown. And you're like, what the hell? And then also because it came uh in, you know, a road game, hostile environment, and this That's the only Ohio State game I've ever watched at the Buffalo Wild Wings on High Street. <laughs> I was sitting in there, I was like, What is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty great. Uh, yeah, Noah Brown. What was that? Three touchdowns? I four. Think? He four had touchdowns. four touchdowns in one game. It was insane. Yeah, and he but, like did nothing else the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, and then went but, to the NFL and carved out this career. That's right. And six-year, great career. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Um, all right, so that's pretty cool. Last thing we got to say before we get out of here. 11 Dubgate. Check it out. Okay? It's, it's Oh, coming. yeah. It's coming up. It's on Saturday behind the Varsity Club. Um, I'll be there. Johnny will be there. Will be the Dubcast. Other 11 Warriors staff members will be there. Less important and interesting uh, 11 Warriors uh, staff members. All more important than me, though. (laughs) No, we'll be there. We'll be asking you guys questions. You might get on a special edition of the Dubcast. It might be pretty cool. It will be pretty cool. You should definitely check it out. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Uh, 11 Warriors bangers are undefeated and, and, uh, you know, Ohio state history. So I definitely recommend that you guys show up 
on 11-11 behind the VC. Uh, kickoffs. The line is 28 and a half points this weekend, so it looks good. The prospects of 11 and 0 look very good. We'll probably continue that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the games at 7:30, you can show up and support Special Olympics Olentangy at uh, uh, 3 p.m. Uh, suggest the donation twenty dollars. Uh, you'll be rewarded with some tickets for food and drink. Um, if you want to get some more tickets and more Special Olympics uh, donations, that's what you should do. It's a great cause. It'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, we'll be there taking some video, asking some questions. I think you'll enjoy that. Yeah, you might um, feature in an Ask Us Anything. Ooh, ooh la la. Um, so, yeah. And also, of course, uh, you know, it's it's still, it'll be just fun to hang out and have fun. So I recommend that, uh, that you show up and, and say hi. I'll be the incredibly handsome guy. Everybody else is uglier than me. Um, the sexiest librarian in that's Columbus. Right. That's right. <laughs> Low bar. Um, so that so that's the dubcast uh, for. <laughs> that's not true. We're all very attractive. Um, that's the eleven dubcast for this week. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time, but most importantly, like I said, we'll see you behind. We'll the see you at club. Dubgate. We'll see you at Dubgate this Saturday, folks. Um, hopefully, come by, say hi, have a great time, enjoy Ohio State beating the crap out of Michigan State. It's going to be a good time. So, until then, I'm Johnny. I'm George, and we'll see you then. Take care, folks.